and welcome to Hyperlinks, the podcast where we connect biblical truths to a troubled world. We appreciate you spending some time with us, listening via your favourite podcast provider or watching on YouTube. The Hyperlinks podcast is hosted by myself, Mark Kelly, and my good friend, David Lavery. In each episode, we grab a coffee, sit down and have a good old chinwag about the issues of the day, trying to find out how scripture might help us through it. We hope you enjoy our conversations and we'd love you to join in if you have anything to say about the things we talk about. You can send us an email, hyperlinkspodcast at gmail.com. While you're watching, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening, please leave a rating and a review. Without further ado, let's talk. Hello and welcome to Hyperlinks, a podcast where we connect biblical truths to a troubled world. My name is Mark. I'm David. And it's so good to have you with us today as we go on to discuss the things we're going to discuss. We're dipping our toes into something. Oh, we've got a hot potato today. Oh, it's, it's so hot. It's, yeah. it's so hard. But you know what? It needs to be talked about. It does need to be I mean, talked I about. I think so. I think Christians, we, we pussyfoot around this one far too much, really. And I think we need to say things as it is. And it just doesn't happen in churches, I think. Yeah, yeah. well, so. yeah, hopefully you should know what we're about to talk about because we we will have given this podcast uh, episode a provocative title. <sighs> Who's side? You, that's you. Yeah, well, you know, politics. Yes. Whose side are you on? Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. Should, should we do, how are you doing, actually? Let's let's talk about... Well, a little bit of a flu at the moment, so oh. I'm, I'm having a um, lem sip, although other remedies are available, um, just to sort of get myself through this. But yeah, hopefully my voice will last for the... Yeah. For the episode, and we can uh, we can get through it. But well, yeah, I, I glad think, to be here. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be good. I think you sound you sound good, and Thanks. God will give you the energy to get through this. I'm absolutely sure. Amen. As well as the drugs that yes. you've taken in, in <laughs> hope, uh, uh, large amounts. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we're going to talk about politics, David, okay. aren't we? We're going to we're going to get stuck in. Um, I've got several questions here that are going to help us uh, get, get into this topic a little bit more. Right. Um, do you like politics? I find it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, why? I, because I'm interested in what's going on in the world. I think I think um, it's important to know what's going on in the world and how things connect and how things join together. And so I like finding the connections and in, in terms of uh, and all this, this stuff that's going on. Even I find American politics fascinating as well because again, I think what happens in America does have an effect in this mm. country as well. So it is interesting to watch. Uh, although yeah. a lot of it will depress you, you know. In fact, most of it will depress you when you when you watch it because yeah. I think at the moment, and this is why I think this is such an important topic, it is more divisive, it's more mm. damaging, it's more toxic than it's ever been before. Mm. It's interesting you talk. Sorry, just to cut you in. Yeah. It's interesting you talk about American politics uh, because when you compare that to our politics, even though I. I, I think I know where, you, where you're going with it. That yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on right now in the UK. American politics is is whose side are you on? Very much oh so, my isn't goodness, it? Yeah. We've got at least we've got a bit more of a mix over here, and, and I know yeah. that <laughs> it, it's it's less as obvious than it should be. But in America, yeah. you're either one or the other, aren't you? Well, yeah. Particularly when it comes to faith versus yeah, you know. I mean, I'll just do as an example. I was a couple of years ago. I was watching um, on YouTube. In fact, it was a. It was a debate from, I think it was about 1975, 74, right about there. And it was over whether we should stay in the European Union or not. Oh, wow. And it was between 
Ted Heath, who was the Prime Minister, the Conservative Prime Minister at the time, and a guy called Michael Foote, who went over to become, uh, he went on to become uh, leader of the Labour Party. Michael I, Foote, I remember Michael Foote as a child. Yeah, well, yeah. Michael Foote yeah. was far left. He was a he was a socialist, a communist. He was a bit of a Jeremy Corbyn type, wasn't he? A bit like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what my point is, the, the interesting thing was, they were debating the issues. At that point, Heath was with the Conservative was pro Europe and wanted to stay in, and Foote, the Labour guy, was against it, mm. and. There was obviously, they, they both had good arguments, they both felt really strongly about it, and but the level of debate was intelligent, it was polite, it was respectful, and at one point, Foote does sort of um, say something which is slightly, you know, aggressive, and Ted Heath says, no, Michael, we're not going to go down that road, we're not going to, and, and Foote immediately says, no, Ted, you're right, sorry. And it becomes, it's polite again. Wow. Now you watch that compared to the debates now and the insults and the and the demonisation of... Of the sides. individual rather yeah. than policies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Or parties, demonising our parties. You think there's, there's no, there's no, there's no exchange of ideas. There's no debate of ideas. It's all about literally you, if you're the, the other side, you're evil and we're, we're good and we're virtuous. And, and vice versa. And of course, yeah. as you said, in America, even more so, it seems anyway, where you've got this, this you know, again, you could watch the, a, a debate between, I remember um, Ronald Reagan, and I think he was debating Walter Mondale, so this is about 1979, 80, around right about there. And again, two politicians on different sides of a political divide, yet the debate was good-humoured, it was, it was um, intelligent, it was informed, and it never lowered itself to the level that you saw, for example, when Donald Trump debated Hillary Clinton. And it literally was. I've seen more um, intelligent and mature debates on a playground in a primary school. I mean, it was just mm. pathetic, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you think yeah. things have degenerated, and as I believe as Christians, we can't get drawn into that. We cannot get drawn into thinking that way and taking on the world's values in the like same way. Ad hominem attacks. Yeah, that, 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 we can't demonise people. Yeah. You know, the scripture says very clearly. Paul wrote very clearly that our battle is a spiritual one. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's against principalities and powers. And in this case, it can be ideologies and those kind of things. We're not to get into this demonising of people. To me, that's. That's you're you're really on a on a, a slippery slope then mm. when you start to mm. do that, and when it gets into churches, which it has done particularly over the last six or seven years, the divisions are caused, and they're not they're not right divisions. They're not divisions over good versus evil. They're divisions over political parties, neither of whom represent the Lord, mm. neither of whom. It was interesting because remember that when the Brexit vote happened, and obviously, you know, the nation, the UK at least, was split pretty much 50-50 with the, the yeah. leave just yeah. just winning out. In Leeds, it was exactly 50-50 according to the demographics. Yeah. You know, 50% stay, 50% leave. And leading a church in Leeds at that point, I remember standing up one morning and going, as I look out, 50% of you will have voted leave. And 50 Can we still remain a family? Yeah. I, and I went on to kind of give a, a sermon about community and about being together. Yeah. But, you know, it's very evident in conversations <coughs> I had. Yeah that that was on the forefront of people's minds and yeah. you know we hear horror stories of, of you know talking about can we talking about kind of very distinct sides here aren't we particularly when it comes to brexit um of, of families just splitting and dividing yeah. of friendships that were once solid and united just fracturing yeah. over this political issue which yes it is important yes it does affect us yes yeah. you know it has long-term short-term and long-term um effects 
But should that really shatter our relationships in the way that it did? It shouldn't, but the fact of the matter is, it's, it's, it's the media and it's politicians that made it mm. not just a, a, a choice between yeah. which direction we want to take the country in, the, the media and the and particularly the media, I think the, the media would be hugely responsible yeah, for, I think so. for making it really, I, I think really they've toxic. made I think they've not just reported the news, but they've made the news in, in, oh, in yeah, recent times. Absolutely. They've created issues that yeah. might not have been an issue. So yeah. one thing that's come to mind straight away is you remember when we had the old petrol f- uh, fiasco where people were reporting down south that they were queuing a bit in a petrol station yeah. and then the media reported it and then all of a sudden people were going, oh, hang on a minute, are we going to have a petrol shortage? We better get down to the pet. And the media just loved it. They, yep. The news just seemed to love that. Well, of course, but they thrive on that. Yeah. Fear, panic, all this kind of stuff. That is what sells newspapers. That's what gets clicks. That's what gets clicks on websites. Mm. And, and that's what they do. And we have to bear that in mind that not everything we read, in fact, not very much of what we read, especially the mainstream media, is actually true. A lot of it is is, is brought to us from a uh, an ideological viewpoint. There's exaggerated kind yeah. of views, isn't there? So it's yeah. not it's not overtly lying, although I'm not going to say that they, they won't, but there is exaggerated views and, like you talked about that word, an ideology yeah. behind some of the reporting yeah. that we see. Absolutely. Because of politics. Yeah, and it, yeah. of course, it, 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 when, it becomes, when it becomes so toxic, I mean, that's why they couldn't, not not just in the Brexit referendum, but the the, the independence referendum in Scotland a couple mm-hmm. of years before that, and then even in the general elections that followed, that's why they, they couldn't get, the, the pollsters couldn't get an accurate read of what was going to happen. No, they've been quite, they've been really, I'm, I'm going to say that it's been difficult for them they to, were way off. to do and it. And the yeah. reason was, is because when you have one side demonising the other one and saying, well, if you vote conservative, you're a racist, you're a Nazi, you're yeah, a this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if, you, if somebody comes in and asks you which way you're going to vote, you're not going to put your hand up and say, well, actually, I'm going to vote conservative or I'm going to vote Remain or I'm going to vote. You're not going to say that if, if you're being painted. It's, it's, it's awful. It's awful. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to just start. Mm. Obviously, we, we've given today a title, Who Said You Want. I want, to, I want to give you a scripture. This is, to me, this is important in terms yeah. of what we want to do in terms of sure. bringing biblical truth into this. And uh, I'm going to. I want to start with this scripture. Make a statement here that we can maybe we can take apart then. Mm. But this is in Joshua chapter five, mm-hmm. and Joshua, who is leading the Israelites into the promised land, and um, he's near Jericho. And this is verse thirteen of chapter five of Joshua, and it says, "When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, "Are you for us or for our enemies?'" Neither, he replied. I have come as commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua bowed with his face to the ground in worship and asked him, what does my Lord want to say to his servant? Now, the, the interesting thing is here, you know, I mean, Joshua may well with good reason have thought that God was on their side, but that's not even the question. The question is not, is God on my side? It's a question is, are you on God's side? Yeah. That, to me, is the, is the key thing here. And I think that's really important. God is not a conservative, neither is he a, a, a Democrat or a Labour or anything else. He has his own agenda. He has his own policies. He has his own values. And it's a case of us lining up with him, not him lining up with the political party. Yeah. And I think that, that politicians have abused Christians for years 
In America, you know, is is you're a Christian if you're Republican, if you're a Democrat, you couldn't possibly be a Christian. In this country, Jesus is a socialist, and therefore, if you don't vote Labour, you can't be a Christian because it's all about. It's the kind poor. of weird the way that it's flipped oh, around, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so politicians have used that in order to try and appeal to a Christian vote. But ultimately, that's all it is. A Christian vote is trying to get Christians to believe that we represent the values of, of, mm. the, the, of God, or the, the values that shared with God. No, they don't. Absolutely not. God has his own values. And when we are voting, when we are thinking about voting, we have to choose the lesser of two poor choices, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I remember Thomas Sowell, the, uh, the philosopher in uh, in America, and he said this. He said, "Voting for one side or another, conservative or Democrat, or whatever it may be." He said, "It's either voting for catastrophe or disaster," and you pretty much that's true, isn't it? You know, you think you're you're not making a it's not a, a choice between good and evil at all. You're making a choice between people who are going to get things wrong, get things right, but you have to look at the policies that they're they're mm. pushing, and not just. Um, vote in terms of this is how my parents vote or this is how I think I should vote because yeah, of this yeah, yeah. you have to look at what is being said and we have to hold politicians to account to do what they actually say and again that's another thing what what they write in their manifestos and what actually happens is very rarely the same thing so so you think we should be as much as what you just said about politics and, and uh, there's a lot of true truth yeah. there um, <coughs> excuse me Okay, should should we be involved in politics? Should Christians be involved in politics uh, more than just the voting booth? So we, we yeah we we put our vote down, we've considered all the options, and and we put a tick on the box. But do you think we should go further than that? Absolutely, yes, okay. I do. Okay, I, and I, when you look at examples like, for example, Daniel in the Bible, I, I think I think to have Christians in positions of influence, I think is a great thing. I think that's really mm, important, provided they don't lose. The, the reason they're yeah, there yeah, yeah. because as as Christians as believers we're ambassadors of Christ mm. we do represent him and when we when, when there's a conflict between our Christian faith our beliefs our morals our standards and a political party there can only be one winner in my opinion mm. otherwise you're compromising something I think we saw that we talked about it before yeah. Tim Farron didn't we yeah, yeah, yeah. in a previous podcast yeah. we talked about you know again leader of liberal democrats but yet he got to a point where he found his faith was not acceptable in his party. Yeah, he, he was harangued for for months, wasn't yeah, he? About, about over his, moral moral standpoint yeah, on things like abortion. Yeah. There's um there's a there's a there's a group and uh, they've got a website called Christians in Politics. Yeah, uh, and their vision statement I thought was an interesting interesting one because uh, I think it, it agrees with what you just said. So I'll read it out to you. Yeah. It says to see Christians, <coughs> their vision <coughs> statement. Sorry, Mark. That's okay. Sorry. Their vision statement is to see Christians respond to God's call to positive relational political engagement. That's yeah. that's their vision, and they've got training and resources. And to further quote them, uh, their aims of having these resources is to make a biblical case. And I found yeah. that was really interesting. Yeah. To make a biblical case for participating in politics and public life and party politics. So yeah. they clearly think. Too, that Christians should be making their voice heard in politics and publicly too. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess you think they've got a point. I do think they've got a point. I think to me, democracy is important. Democracy is not the ideal because obviously, godly government would be the ideal. I think somebody's. It's been quoted as being said that a a benevolent dictatorship is is the best form of yeah. of leadership. Yeah. Again, but there is no apart from God Himself. There is you know the people have tried that, haven't they? Yeah. Elected superstar yeah. leaders, and yeah. the, and the old adage seems to be true that absolute power corrupts, doesn't it? Mm. You see that happen. 
So, but democracy at least gives us the opportunity. If we make a mistake and vote somebody in who is poor or wrong, the country then has a has a choice to 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 get them back out again. We're yeah. not we're yep. not stuck with that decision forever. And so, therefore, democracy is important. It's important that I think we participate. It's important that we vote, and it's important that when the vote is cast that we say okay well that's what people want we we have to live with that and accept yeah, it and yeah. i think that's the only way that democracy works when you start um, contesting yeah without good reason yeah um, you know uh, a, a legitimate democratic vote again you're in big trouble then because everybody becomes more and more divided but i think that's what you, you said it right at the beginning when you talked about that um, civil discourse between those yeah. two political leaders um we've we we've definitely lost that yeah uh, and but but the key to a good democracy is being able to put forth your case yeah. in a reasonable sensible convincing manner and getting people to choose you for that policy that you're putting forward and, absolutely and, and like you said when we're attacking people we're not really talking yeah we're just shouting yeah the, yeah. Bre- the brexit thing really got my hackles up mm. i didn't have i didn't have strong feelings either way on it but once the vote was in, that's what the people had decided. Regardless of how thin the, Regardless, yeah, the margin but, was. But that, and that's the point, you know, you know they, had a, they had a vote on it, the vote came in, I wasn't, you they know. They all agreed to the, yeah, the, if, the parameters of that. Exactly, yeah. if we'd stayed or left, my world would not have ended either way, whatever had happened really, doesn't, you know, in that, in that sense, it doesn't affect me that much. I didn't think anyway, I wasn't, mm. but what I was more concerned was, was after the vote didn't go the way that the media wanted to, and even the government wanted to, and, and politicians and wanted I, to. And I think, regardless of what you might think out there, I personally think it's clear, what you've just said there, it was clear, there was an, there did seem to be an agenda. Oh, of course there the was. the mainstream uh, media. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But You the, could disagree, and yeah. if you disagree, that's, again, that's fine. But the point was, the vote was cast, and so therefore, the only way you could, the way that they, they tried to undermine that was by saying, well, the people that voted were uneducated, working class, stupid, racist. They had to, they had to completely denigrate and destroy the, the moral character or any legitimate reason that anyone would have had for voting to leave the European Union rather than accept this is what people yeah, are so voting for. So once again, attacking the people. Yep. And not not the policy. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that was the that's the bigger issue. If it gone if it gone the other way, fair enough, that's fine. You you live with it. That's what the people have decided. But once you start undermining democracy itself, and then and, and taking away people's choice, which is what effectively you're doing, then you've got big your, your society's mm. in big trouble. Mm. So that was it was really, and I think that's why you know again just go back to sort of the British politics side. That's why. Um, Boris Johnson won such a big majority because what his, his main plank was this: we're going to get Brexit done. We're going to uphold the previous vote from 2016, and that's that was the only reason. I don't think it was for any other reason yeah. that people had yeah. suddenly become fascists and you know or whatever they wanted to say. It was simply based on the fact that hang on, we voted for this, we want this to happen. That's what people yeah. decided. Yeah, and even those who voted leave, a lot of them saying, well, look, we, we have to accept it. exactly. That's, that's the heart of democracy. Yeah. You accept the result of a democratic vote. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's the society we live in, and yeah. I do believe that it's important that Christians do participate I think it is important we do vote I think it's important that, that you know that Christians um, become MPs and, and get involved in, and, and that kind of stuff I really do think that's that's a great thing that we are that we influence and we, we, we have a voice within mm-hmm. that it's not good for us to withdraw <clears throat> but it's when it's the other way around when the politics comes into the church that's when it becomes a problem 
Can you give me an example of that? Well, just as you, you described yourself, you know. Um, the people in your church that voted one way or another with the Brexit debate, absolutely fine. But if, if that came into the Sunday meeting, if that started affecting the family, then you think, hang on a minute, we don't yeah, want this. Something wrong here. It's, it's yeah. one thing for us to affect. We're meant to be salt and light. We're not, it's not meant to be the other way around. Mm. When the world is coming into the church, then we have to put our hands up and say, no, no, we're not having this. Mm. We're not having this. And sectarianism is a, is a you know, strongly spoken against in the Bible. You know, Paul, I know it's a, a slightly different context, but in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes and he's addressing sectarianism in the church in Corinth. And he says, you know, one says, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. You know, he's, he's, in other words, people are getting political behind their favoured leaders in a local church setting. And then in, in 1 Corinthians 3, so he brings it back up again. And he says, when you get into this kind of thing, he says, are you not behaving like mere men? In other words, you've lowered your standards. You've lowered yourself to the level of the world when you get into sectarianism. We've got to be above it. I think that's very clear biblically. We've got to be above that. Mm -hmm. There is no, you don't see Jesus or any of the apostles <coughs> become political activists. They just aren't there. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's uh, that's very, very clear in scripture. It's one thing for us. We've, the, 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 vote, the right to vote is a sacred right. I really believe it. My gran who was a real um, left-wing firebrand and shop steward in a local um, uh, local workplace. You know, she she drummed into me from a very early age about the union. If you if you don't vote, you're you're a disgrace. My, my grand would she really would. She was absolutely. If you don't, you've been given not a, just you haven't got a voice to no. comment. No, you're an actual. You're, yeah, it yeah. was disgrace. From to my, my wow. upbringing was it was disgraceful not to vote. You've got a vote. You've got a voice. If you don't use it, then I don't want to hear you moan and complain about what's going on in the country. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's she's right. I mean, you know, our politics were a wee bit further left than mine, but she was absolutely right at that, that point. You know, we, we have a right to vote. We should vote in a, in a yeah. free democratic society and we should guard our democracy against yeah. anything that would seek to undermine how, it. How hard, do you think it, <coughs> how hard do you think it is for people in government who are overtly Christian. So again, I had a little look on online and uh, there's there's a few groups within the main political parties that we yeah. have, both in Labour and um, and Conservative. So we, I think we've got uh, Christians on the left yeah. in Labour, we've got Conservative Christian Fellowship. Uh, and as far as I'm aware, they meet together regularly to pray. Uh, I hope that they pray together, these two groups at times. I don't know if, if they do, but there's clearly Christians there. I would imagine then that for all that you've just said then, that they they shouldn't keep, or should they keep their beliefs out of their day jobs? So should they be purely secular and political with that behind the scenes being, um, kind of being, uh, the whatever decisions and, and the way they vote being affected by their beliefs? Or do you think they should be outwardly Christian within that political arena? Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I think you can, I think there's a whole there's a whole lot of areas you could pick out there, isn't there? Because because as a, as, a, as a Christian believer, as a follower of Jesus, number one, we do have a morality. We have God's morality. Mm. So things like marriage and sexuality, um, and you know abortion, those kind of issues. We, we we must have a clear view on that. And and to me, there's there's there's, there's moral things, which which are which I think if you if you abandon those, you're in big trouble. But there's other things such as whether you believe in the state should own 
the gas board, the water board, the you know the the national rail service or the national health service, which I do, you know. So to me, there's 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 different aspects. You can you know obviously people you know who have a, a left lean will be will want more state ownership in bigger state, and on the other side, the free market capitalists will want something completely different. You can have different opinions, and that's not a problem. But on things of morality, I think that's where the, that's the, the issue. That's the issue. That's, that's Always where it the comes issue. Down to it. Yeah, of course. And, it and is. I guess then those other decisions. Uh, at the baseline, they are, uh, like you say, does government own national? Do they have national ownership of stuff, or, or is a free market more? I guess it's. I guess you, your morals come back into it when those. What are those decisions? How are they then affecting people on a day-to-day level? And yeah. is it right or is it wrong? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think most people. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm working class. I come from Scotland, from Glasgow, from a working class, Labour voting background, and I would say that I would be morally socially conservative in terms of what I believe about marriage and family and those kind of things and then probably a bit more um, sort of left leaning when it comes to things like state ownership you know at the moment you, at the time we're recording this everyone's worried about the, the crisis in terms of heat and, and, and yeah. lighting you know yeah. and to me you you wish I don't know, maybe not this government, but you certainly wish that there was some kind of government oversight and intervention that could put a cap on prices, that could help us through this crisis that, that people are currently going through. And I think when things have, you know, as they are, they've gone over to private ownership and shareholders, because it does become a bit profit, I think then mm. I don't think the customer is best served. And I don't think that mm. those, personally, this is my personal view, mm. but morally I don't have any... Um, well, let me ask you a question then. Yeah. So you, you've you kind of stated essentially where you, you lie politically. Yeah. Um, which which party should Christians vote for? I mean, do because there is a divide within Christianity of, of those who would describe themselves as progressive. And if they're progressive, uh, they they would kind of be more left leaning. Uh, and and if those, and those who hold more traditional biblical beliefs, they could said said to be more right leaning do you agree with that do you think do you think there's a a party we should be voting for as 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 kind of traditional biblical believers um, would you be prepared to put a stake in the ground on that one no i wouldn't i wouldn't <laughs> and i tell you why i wouldn't yeah. the reason why i wouldn't is because i would not consider myself to be one or the other yeah, yeah. i honestly wouldn't yeah, yeah you know i mean i was i was born in the late 60s i grew up in the 70s um, and uh, you know, remember, I would be twelve years old when they had the winter of discontent, mm. when the country was riven by strikes. What year was that? Seventy nine. Seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah. yeah. So the country was riven with strikes, and you know, three day weeks, and living by candle. I mean, you know, young people. Just sound it. very similar to what we might be. Well, <laughs> we, haven't got, we haven't got there yet. But the fact <laughs> is, we remember that. We remember. Yeah. We remember how yeah. bad it was. Yeah. We remember, um, you know, Mrs. Thatcher coming in, and yeah. uh, I mean, my grand. I, I told you about my grand before. I mean, she was very, very left leaning. She wouldn't even <laughs> if Mrs. Thatcher came on the television news, she would change the channel. She oh, couldn't even wow, watch it. Wow, she, was, she, she was, really had a oh my goodness, a deep, deep hatred, visceral, sounds, visceral is hatred. hatred. The right word. Oh yeah, right, yeah, right, absolutely. So you know, so we had this. We went, we lived we lived through the eighties, and I. Um, you know, I never, I never voted for Mrs. Thatcher. I never voted Conservative, and then we got to with the the, the late nineties when after however I mean, seventeen, eighteen years wasn't it, of Conservative government mm. when Labour under Tony Blair landslide. I, I was rejoicing like everyone yeah, else. Yeah, you yeah. thought this is a this is a clean sweep for the country and there's going to be great and everything else. So I'm not, I'm not. Um, I will, I will look at the parties. I will look at policies. I'll look at what they stand mm. for. 
um, and I will make my vote based on on that really that I mean again I'm, I, we probably shouldn't go too much into detail of politi- political history but that Tony Blair landslide as, as far as I'm aware it's because they were more centrist they were they were a little bit left on some a little bit right on other things yeah I mean I think is, we, is that did that help the landslide absolutely because I think most most people are a centrist yeah most yeah, of the country yeah. are centrist you know you've got the, the most important voters are the ones in the middle really that can go one way or the other yeah and I think that's what that's I really, keep doing. The, I, every now and again, I do these tests online. It says yeah. where do you where do you lean politically? Yeah. And I'm I'm desperate for it to be right of centre. Yeah. And every time, every, every every time, <coughs> I end up being left of centre. I'm going, but I don't understand. Yeah. Because <laughs> I agree with this and I disagree with but that. But that's the thing. I think that there's a. I think sometimes we're we're victims of our, our upbringing as well. If you uh, come yeah, from a yeah, yeah. if you come from a northern working class background, you tend yeah. to well, we vote Labour. We've always voted well, well, Labour. I, I did. I did. Yeah. My, my granddad, my dad were miners. You know. Yeah. The, the miners' strike affected me in my yeah. childhood greatly. You know, uh, it, it was horrific. Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're influenced that, by that. Yeah, but, yeah, and um, but you get to an age where hopefully you start to think about things for yourself and actually look at policies, look at the personalities involved, and 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 make a decision based on that. I'll mm. tell you something that really affected me was, and again, I, I mentioned her before. She's she just like, just figure. I, I want to come back to that kind of you mentioned earlier about families. Voting just what they've always so yeah. when you've told your story, let's come back to that because I want to okay. explore that a bit. But go ahead. Okay, but I, I was um, uh, I was a chaplain. I'm, I'm, I was a chaplain for a football club in a, in, the, in the football league. Which which football club? Uh, York City Football Club. Oh, excellent! So I was a chaplain for York City, and I was at a chaplain's conference. I don't know why that's excellent. I just I quite I've got a soft spot for York City. Oh, well, there we are. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was a chaplain for York City. Anyway, I was at a chaplain's conference and. Um, uh, and I remember uh, this has gone back ten plus years ago, mm. and um, I was out in the evening for a meal and a drink with some other chaplains, and there was there was some chaplains who were ministers of a, a particular denomination, and they they worked in a northern town in Yorkshire, and um, and they said when we we got into the subject of politics, and they said we have planned street parties for when Mrs Thatcher dies. Ooh. And there's effigies. This is this is a minister. This, oh. He said we've got street parties planned. No, talk I, about extreme attacking well, personalities. Here's the thing, policies. you know, I never voted for her. Um, I never, you know, I was happy when she let, like, like a lot of people were, but I would never wish somebody dead or celebrate their demise. There's something inherently evil about that, that oh, I just, if, if I thought, you're listening to this I'm shaking oh, my head vigorously I can't I just, believe uh, a Christian and that this, makes me feel horrible this guy was yeah. proudly saying it he was yeah. proudly yeah. saying this is a guy with a dog collar on wow. saying we've got street parties planned now the other side of that you know Thatcher's sworn enemy was, was Arthur Scargill who I think is still alive I, I could be wrong but I'm sure he is you know, but I can't imagine people in Surrey you know, having street parties when Arthur Scott, you know, I just think that's it's so awful. Mm. But you do that really for me made me stand back and look at my own sort of background and think there's this when we were stirring up visceral hatred against people because of their, their politics, um, you know, and, and declare them evil because they had a different, you know, I mean, mm. Mrs. Thatcher had a faith. She, yeah. you know, she. I don't know how, what her faith was like, but she had a faith. She was a believer in Jesus. She had an upbringing. She, she had a mum and dad. She had children. She had, you know, um, whatever you think of her, whether you thought she was a terrible leader or her policies were awful, which many people didn't know, but, but, but <coughs> she did get voted in three times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that you that celebrating somebody's death, I think, is is absolutely wrong, and yeah. that really that really made me stand back and and think about think about what, what you yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I think so. I, is it wrong? Do you think for me to suggest? And again, maybe it's flavored by my own biases. Maybe it's you know I'm not seeing clearly you know because we've all got biases. But it does seem that if so, see if you've got center of politics here, yeah, uh, and then you've got the left, and then you've got the right, I and mean, you haven't got far right, yeah, you've just got the right. It does seem to be at the moment that if you're of a left-leaning persuasion, yeah, everybody who's right of that center line is suddenly far right, yeah, and need to be pilloried and need to be, yeah, you know, attacked uh, viciously. Yet it seems, and again, this is maybe my bias is coming in. It seems those on the right. Just the right, not the far right. Yeah, aren't as quick to do that to those who lean left. Would you say that's an accurate thing, or am I am I am I reading too much into it? Maybe a little bit, because I mean that's the that's the thing. I think that we get in, when we get into this binary choice, which yeah. is what it is, which isn't is what it? it is, and our title is "Whose Side Are You On?" So I yeah. guess there are some... that's the thing. If you if you're not because that's the thing people say. If I didn't vote Labour, oh, you must be a conservative. You think? Well, yeah. no, I'm not. Or if you don't vote, you must be. But yeah. but it goes beyond that. If you don't vote this way, you're a fascist, or you're a you yeah, know yeah, yeah. you know, or, you, you, or you're a racist, or you. The, 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 there's that's no, what it seems to be. Oh yeah, that's there's, that's there's, the, there's no there's no nice grey area in which we can all kind of have no, a paddle. No, we, we, it, it's boom or boom. It's evil yeah. or evil, and yeah. I think that's what we're trying to say here. I think the media and the politicians are are pushing a narrative that is divisive. And I think if I was going to say one thing, one takeaway from this, which I think is really, really important, wherever you see somebody sowing division and division against other people, hatred of other people, the enemy, Satan is at work. It's not just, yeah. you know, there's a yeah. spirit behind it. Yeah. If our battle is not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers, when you see division being sown, the enemy is mm. always at work. Mm. And we've got to reject that. We've absolutely got to reject that as Christians. I yeah. would say that, whatever way you, no vote, matter how hard it feels, yeah. no matter what your kind of gut wrenching, like like your grandmother had, you know, yeah. it's like you got to lay that down because if you've seen division, it's it's probably satanic in nature. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, again, we're moving slightly. Stay with my granny, for example. But <laughs> I really wish your granny was here to defend herself, but she's not. Maybe. Well, I'm not attacking her. I'm <laughs> a, I'm, attacking I loved her. her very much, but she was very strong <laughs> in her political views, and and uh, and you know, it's absolutely fine. I, 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 a huge amount of respect for mm, her. Mm. Um, but I would say this as well. This is, and this maybe would would take us onto one. Of the, you know, it's the Scottish issue as well. You know, you've had the whole thing with the SNP. Okay, but. but in being brought up in Scotland again, so in the Scottish mindset for yes, many working yes. class Scots is English, Tory, Thatcher hates us, wants to, you know, so for example, the poll tax, when, if you remember that. The yeah, I do remember the whole debacle, yeah. But yeah, the poll yeah. tax, they did it in Scotland they the year before. They tested it in Scotland. They tested Scotland. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Scottish people took huge umbrage as if we were the guinea pigs for this terrible policy. They were. They, well, they were. That's exactly <laughs> right. So, so therefore, but in the, in the Scottish mindset, the English are all, are this, are all bad. Are, by, by and large, okay. in, in principle. 
No, I just want to say that that is a massive generalization. So but it's but it's yeah. but it's kind of there. No, I was I wasn't brought up that way. My mum and dad are not like that. But there's a general thing in Scotland. Oh, the English. You know, but you do when you see a football game. You know, we've just had the World Cup, yeah. and as a Scottish person, I cannot bring myself to support England. <laughs> no, I don't dislike any of the players. My wife is English. My children it's just are English. That homogenous my kind friends, of thing. You do. I just can't yeah. bring myself. I'm really sorry. I just you you may well support Scotland. That's up to you. But. I can't bring myself to support them because it's kind of been ingrained you in me. What, you see what I've got to, I've got to live with here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. So therefore, I remember when, I, when we moved as a family 40 years ago, we moved as a family to England. It was horrific to me. It wasn't mm. like moving to another town in Scotland. Moving to England was moving to a You're foreign country. You moving into, into enemy territory. Exactly. Yeah. Now, that, that spirit, if you like, the SNP government... They've they've used that and amplified that to make it that you know Mel Gibson's movie probably didn't help. No, absolutely not. But they've amplified that into it being a, a race issue. They're a racist party. They're an anti-English no, that's, party. That's, that's okay. That's quite a statement. They are. But uh, you know, again, we should be able to have discourse and yeah. and, and be free. They to are say. a racist party. They're an anti-English party. They'll say they're not racist and we welcome refugees, but they're not they're not um, mm. for the English. Mm. And you know, there's lots of policies and even like university places free to everyone, but so not free, free to yeah, English, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But yeah. they are their their the basic premises were against the English. And that's it. That's, that's it. That's really it. That's it? really it. Yeah. Because the rest of their policies are a disaster. The, mm. the the health service is in a bad condition. Education's in a bad condition. Drug abuse is a, by every metric that you would judge a government on, they've been a disaster. But one thing they want freedom. They'll yeah. you know, but but, but they're, they're yeah. not they're not good. But the but the division. The, the stirring up division. So I was kind of not, and again, hear me, hear, not brought up in my mum and dad were not like this at all. But in Scotland, you've got this general um, suspicion about the English. Mm. And then I moved down here as a, as a teenager and I ended up with lots of English friends. Let's say I married an English girl. I love living here. I wouldn't even dream of moving back. I don't know desire to live in Scotland. I'm very happy here. I love English people because once you come among English people, you find they're just people. Once you, once you talk and discuss exactly. and chat and get exactly. to know people, rather than getting to know the caricature. Yeah. But when you get to know people, and again, coming slipping that back into our politics as well. Yeah. That's what we're doing. We're we're attacking caricatures yeah. of, of people, caricatures of parties that generally aren't based in any kind of reality just yeah. like just like you with your <coughs> kind of like that Scottish attitude and if we've yeah. just lost loads of S&P Scottish votes as well I'm sorry please yeah. think about coming back um, uh, yeah it's 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 true do you, I want to come back and, and I know you could go on for that a little while longer but I want to come back to this um, issue of kind of generational yeah. voting because that's uh, generational kind of leanings are most people would you say just ignorant of actual political policies. Absolutely. And, and they just side with the party that their parents, their grandparents have, in quotes, always voted for. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's true? Absolutely. I don't think people look... I think people... I think a lot of political policies are Trojan horse. Yeah. I think they will, they'll have a, a hugely popular policy that everyone likes, that yeah. you can all agree on. But underneath that, or hidden inside that, are lots of other things which actually, if we looked into them, we would think, well, hang on a minute. And yeah, again, because that's the thing, isn't it? It probably so that probably leads some Christians to vote for policies that are probably quite anti-Christian, or yeah, absolutely, not yeah, not very absolutely. moralistic. Let me just, I mean, again, yeah, there's lots of things we could say here, but again, I'm, I'm, 
sorry to pick on the SNP, but I'm going to. Okay. Um, I think you're allowed to. You have Scottish. Well, heritage. absolutely. But one of one of the they've had a couple of really bad policies. Um, one of them was this whole thing of self-identification, uh-huh. where uh-huh. basically without any medical advice, intervention, you know, you can just declare you just yourself, sign a form, sign a form, say I'm a, I'm now a woman or I'm now a man. Of course, the 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 the, the sort of the, the backlash against that has been. Now, to be fair, there are some principled SNP members who resigned over that. Yes, issue. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that Sturgeon and her, that's that's the policy. One of the other policies they tried to push through was this. Um, I can't remember the exact title of it, but basically it was that every every young person, every child, should have a designated adult. That, yes. In the government, yeah. Who could who could override, override the parents? Override the parents. So basically, it was the kids were going to state ownership. State that's, ownership. That's what it was. That was a. You, yeah. you think? Hang on a minute. What's that got to do with independence for a free Scotland? But people will yeah. people will they'll they'll, they'll big up the, the free Scotland yeah. thing. But it's all these other things. You think that's that's Stalinism. Yeah. That is Stalinism. That's yeah. not even that's not even left wing Labour. That's you're that's, way that's, way that's way way down. When uh, you're trying yeah. to divide families. Yeah. You have really got you stepped up. You know, again, yeah. that one got voted out. But that's what's. But the fact it even was even considered yeah. and drawn up as a possible policy. Appalling, I just, just an appalling yeah, policy yeah. to separate um, children and parents. So you could go on. So I think we have to, we have to look at those kind of policies. We have mm. to look deeper. And and the, the sad thing is, whatever party you vote for, you're going to find some things that you agree with and some things you every don't, single one every single time. And you're not going to find. You know, you're not going to find uh, anything that resembles the kingdom of God. I don't mm. think you have to vote for the least, <laughs> the least worst option. I think that's really yeah. all we can say. Yeah. But again, my point is: yeah. be careful of division. Be careful mm. of with politicians and media will try to divide us. As, as Christian believers, we mustn't let ourselves be divided over politics. I really feel that so strong. We've got to keep it out of the church. We mm. must keep it out of the church. Um, and I think we, when we, we recognise that, we, we it won't let us be divided from people as well. You know, I've got a neighbour a couple of doors up who I really, really like. He's a great guy. He's completely different different uh, political views from me. He canvasses for a party. You know what? I laugh with him. I have a cup of tea with him. I really like him. And I'm not going to let his political views cloud my friendship. Let me ask a question too. on that. You have a friendship with him. Yes. Um, do you just ignore that? Do you know what I mean? Do you kind of lock that away in a room, that kind of political issue, and just work out, you know, your friendship and every other thing? Or yes. do you do you talk openly about policy? Not really, politics? because I don't think we'd agree. I don't think we would yeah. agree. Do you, but I guess what I'm leading to is, yeah. if you did, if you were able to talk, do you think that would divide that friendship, or do you think you'd be able to work through that division? I think it depends. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'll. I believe I'm gracious. I think yeah, I'm gracious. Yeah. I want yeah. to be gracious, like like Jesus would want me to be. Um, you would hope that you could have a gracious discourse and it not mm. become a, an issue, but I don't want it to be an issue yeah. because to me it's not important. Yeah. A million years from now, when we're in heaven, <laughs> no one is going to care yeah. about yeah. any of that this stuff. Yeah. No one. It, yeah. it doesn't. In the grand scheme of the Lord's plans and purposes, yeah. it bears no consequence yeah. whatsoever. We have to, and I think Scripture tells us we pray for those in authority. Mm. We pray for those in leadership, and I think that's the thing. Ultimately, we've got to. We want to pray that we. This is what the Bible says: that we can have a quiet life, that we can have a peaceful life, that we're able to exist and practice our faith. That's the most important. Well, let, thing. let's let's talk about that a little bit. I've got another question I want to ask you about. Um, 
<laughs> could you ever conceive of a British political party that's traditionally Christian? But let's come back to that <coughs> because I want to I put what you just said there into a biblical context. So it's yeah. 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 and 2. It right. says, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, yep. which is what you just said, yep. godly and dignified in every way. Okay, so we're called to pray for our leaders, yep. pray for those in, in power. Yep. You alluded to it ever so slightly right at the beginning of our, our conversation. At what point do we disobey? Should we disobey? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Pull, pull that apart. Okay, let's, yeah, of course, let's, let's, I'm just being, being uh, slightly facetious with you there. The, the apostles very clearly talk about respecting those mm. governments and those in authority, clearly. Um, you know, in, in fact, Paul writes, he says, submit, submit to those in authority, submit to the emperor. Jesus yeah. talked about yeah, yeah, honouring yeah. the emperor. Yeah. The only time we see a, a dissent from that is in, well, say the only time, but certainly the main time we see a dissent from that is in Acts chapter 4, where the apostles get pulled in by the 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 Pharisees, well, by the by the Sanhedrin, the Jewish government, because they are preaching Jesus and they're healing in Jesus' name. So it's not the Romans here. This is the the local Jewish mm. um, authorities, and they flog them, warn them, um, threaten them not to preach the name of Jesus, and the apostles absolutely point blank refuse, refuse to yeah. do that. And of course, they they go back, meet together as a church, and they pray for boldness. Um, and so, therefore, when something is a when 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 something directly countermands the word of God, when God has given us a command, when God has given us, and it is a command that we should share our faith. Yeah. It is a command. Yeah, when it's God, not something that you know. As much as people would love it to be, yeah. that we're, we're not to keep it to ourselves. No, no, it's not. I think if you do that, you're not honouring God. If yeah. God says we've got to be, you know, because He says those that are ashamed of Me. You know, in the world, I'll be ashamed of them before my father. If you want Jesus to be proud of you, that's when you a right get there, statement, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. We have to stand up for faith. So in that circumstance, there, um, you know, the the apostles treated the Sanhedrin with some respect, but at the same time said, "No, we must obey God rather than men." When it when it becomes a choice between obeying God rather than men, now we've got a, we've got a kind of modern example of this. And again, this 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 is probably going to be controversial, but mm. with a modern example of this, when we had the recent lockdowns. Uh-huh. That's and what you, was going through my head as you yeah, were speaking. Yeah. Exactly. Now the yeah. Bible again clearly says do not neglect meeting together. You know, do not neglect the, the you know the fellowship and all this. It's important the church is a body of people. It's important that we gather. And there was lots of there was lots of leaders, not just in this country, but in other countries as well, that were faced with a choice of do we gather the yeah. church together, do we try and meet, or do we just obey the government and be isolated? And I think my position on that for a you know for a period of time was well when it was when when we were led to believe this is an emergency we've got to then okay fair enough yeah but then there came a point where there was exceptions being made you could go to a restaurant or you could go to a pub or you go to a nightclub but you still couldn't meet as a church mm. and you, you know mm. it was seemed as if there it was, was at that point where you go hang on a hang minute. on a minute yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. exactly because it wasn't it, it was it was churches and christians being singled out for special special treatment that you think this is not in the spirit of what's going on in the country mm. so there was things there where you think for me I was getting to a point where I was ready to say no I'm sorry enough is enough yeah I'm, yeah. Go I'm yeah. going to open my building yeah I'm going to I'll be there 
anybody that wants to come and worship and hear the word of God is free to come. I'm not going to prevent people from meeting together because for me as a church leader, that would have directly mm. gone against not just the, the word of scripture, but the spirit of God as well. And the spirit of God was that the church should be together. Yeah. And um, and you know, and all these other places, all these other lockdowns you've seen across the world, that's been a, a tough choice for people. So I would say, in answer to your question, when something countermands the word of God, we have to say no, no. I'm not. I'll, I'll yeah. obey God before men, yeah. and whatever the consequences, we take the consequences. Yeah. And there's millions of believers across the world who don't live in countries, free democracies like ours, who have to make those choices every day. Yeah. Yeah. They well, make them a point where we need to, but you know, at the moment, um, yeah. you know, that's not the case for we're us. Gonna, we're going to actually delve into this particular aspect, and, yeah. and we've got like a part two of, of this series talking about politics. Yeah. So we're, we're going to dive into a little bit more about kind of different countries around the world and how they might handle things okay. uh, in terms of that let's let's end with this with just chatting a little bit about this because we, we have we have run over time a little bit but um, I asked you do you conceive of a British political party that's traditionally Christian in nature ever having will they ever make a dent in mainstream politics because they are out there yeah, in, yeah. In, in the UK anyway well the problem is in this country in, in this country that um, you know People like to think Britain's a Christian country. It's not. Yeah, it's a secular humanist country by and large. Mm. Um, you know, so and the, the, you know one of the examples of that is, and I think we've said this before, so forgive me, but you know, in America, claiming some kind of faith is almost like a a, yeah. a plus point in American yeah. politics. Whereas in this country, claiming some kind of faith is a negative, yeah. and Christians are ridiculed on the BBC. You know, for for holding traditional beliefs on marriage, on family, on abortion, on morality, on creation, any of those things, and um, so Christians are really ridiculed. Therefore, I think it'd be really difficult for a Christian party mm. because you know exactly how the how the other side is going to attack you mm. and and try and undermine you. So I don't know that a party would make it into um, power, yeah, overtly Christian. Mm. But what you would welcome would be a party that that at least held some Christian values and upheld some Christian values of marriage and family mm. and, um, you know, morality and those kind of things. You think that would be a, a good thing? So not, you, not overtly Christian in terms of, you know, where the Christian Party UK or something like that and, and we're going to instigate some kind of theocracy or whatever. Yeah. You're talking, you're saying we, we, can, we can, there might be a mainstream party that, or, or a party that can rise up that has more moralistic... Christian moralistic intentions. Absolutely, to it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and I think um, yeah. it wouldn't just be Christians that would vote for that. Mm. I think I think many people who who have you know working class values yeah. on family, yeah. love of your love of your country, um, yeah. you, you yeah. know those kind of things. I think people would vote for a party that had good values. That's what people are mm. looking for. Mm. But the problem is we've been brought up for you know however many years now with this binary choice: either the Conservatives or Labour, and you've got to sort of take your pick between. These yeah. two, yeah. you know, not very satisfactory, you know, <laughs> outfits from everywhere. Yeah, which is not all great. Right, okay, we're going to have to bring this episode to a close, but I want to leave you any any final words. I want to give you some time to leave us with any anything you'd like to share. Leave us with. I think just to reiterate the the main point. Of what I'm saying is, we mustn't allow division to creep into mm. our hearts. We mustn't allow, um, you know, that kind of sectarianism to get into the church. It's one thing for us to influence the world by our vote or by having people in positions of authority. But when the world starts coming in and affecting us and mm. dividing us as a church, then we've got to put a hand up and say, no, we're not having it. So yeah. I would just say, 
however you vote god bless you vote with good integrity with good intention read your bible um but keep it to yourself as far as i'm concerned yeah. you know you, you vote with, with the way your conscience tells you to vote and um and do your research and, and mm. for me, I, 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 I want to i want to add to your final thought yeah. is, is that research is really important yeah don't, please and i employ you don't just vote because your parents have always voted for it or yeah. your grandparents or, or you live in a certain area look into individual policies yeah. and then i guess just kind of weigh it up what leans more with you than 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 doesn't you well, know what leans more with this well that's that's yeah, yeah i guess that's yeah. what i was alluding to though you yes. know if, if you're a christian what things are more biblical yes because there's going to be some that aren't yeah you're gonna to have to don't waste yeah. your vote no yeah absolutely yeah. not all right okay i'm gonna finish with with a bit of advertising oh okay yeah work. yeah go ahead i haven't got a jingle for it or right. anything. maybe i should create one. myself and david we're part of uh, a local church called resurrection church uh, based in uh, well at the moment we're kind of based in in yorkshire yep. uh, in in the uk um and we host another podcast called adullam's cave yep. uh, and that is a resurrection church podcast and within that podcast we um we we try and dig deeply into what church is what is it all about what's its purpose what's it for uh, and what what is what is the church doing in the uk so yeah. we're what would you like to just add a little bit more well, yeah but that? i think again the adullam's cave thing is what you know there's so many christians that i know that have been disappointed and disillusioned over the years because church has not gone the way that they yeah. hoped it would yeah. it doesn't live up to the expectations so therefore we want to look at what does the bible say what we're we meant to be looking for and what we're we meant to be and for us as leaders what we're we building what we're we meant to build what's this yeah. meant to look like yeah. and i think that's really important that god and we you know we discussed this you know separately before but in, in, you know just that example of the old testament tabernacle and um, you see in, in exodus where god was so um minute in all the details of what he wanted that his tabernacle which was the the shadow of the church to look like how can we possibly think that he doesn't care what the church looks mm. like today? He does care, and he gives us a very clear pattern and blueprint and principles to follow. So in the Dullum's Cave, that's really what we're looking at, and that for us is, is Resurrection Church, yeah. is what yeah. we want to build and what yeah. we want to be part of. So yeah. so go check out a Dullum's Cave Please podcast. Do. I'll put a link uh, in the show notes, and I'll also put a link. I think I do this every week anyway. No, I don't. I'll put a link to the church website yeah. in, in the hyperlinks uh, show notes here that for this episode. Okay. Um, advertising over okay uh, there we are uh, uh, let us know what you think about all that we've said I mean we have we have touched upon so many kind of sore points for some people yeah. um, wait till the next episode buzz points for other <laughs> wait till the next episode oh my yeah. goodness um as as we said right at the beginning near the beginning you know it's healthy to have a good conversation to to have healthy discourse that isn't based on attacking people but talking about issues and and, and policies and so if there's anything that we've spoken about that you don't agree with let us know you know yeah. but but do it nicely anything you do agree with let us know yep. do it really nicely yeah. uh, that'd be awesome okay until the next episode take care and god bless goodbye Thanks ever so much for dropping by and getting involved in our podcast. It's been great to have your company. You must be interested in what we had to say as you're here till the very end. Maybe you were encouraged, maybe you were intrigued, or maybe you don't agree with anything we said. Well, let us know. Let's keep the conversation going until our next episode drops. That email that I gave you at the start of the show is hyperlinkspodcast at gmail.com. 
Also, a reminder to leave a rating and a review on your podcast provider and like and subscribe on YouTube. This engagement helps the algorithms decide whether this podcast is worth listening to or watching and will show it to more people. Well, I'm Mark Kelly and you've been listening to me chat with David Lavery. Until next time, stay connected.